things uh, people love to love. And we're your host, Shelby and Matt. I just got tongue twisted thinking of the title of this movie. Yeah, it's not the things people love. It's, like it's the, the little, little things. things. <laughs> the yeah. little thing. It's the little things that get you caught, Shelby. Yeah, I know. It's the little things that you gotta right focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, it happened. I don't know. <laughs> we're here to talk about the little things, which premiered on HBO Max this weekend. This was the I don't know, sort of prestige kind of build movie. It's Denzel Washington, it's Rami Malek, and it's Jared Leto in some kind of kind of crime movie about a serial <laughs> killer. Uh, mm-hmm, it's three mm-hmm. big Oscar-winning actors, and in the trailer for the movie, it was like Academy Award winner Denzel Washington, Academy Award winner Rami. So it has that vibe yeah. to it, where you think like, "Oh, this might be an Oscar contender." We got some maybe big performances. Also, a lot of the reviews and stuff that I saw about this were talking about how back in like the eighties, nineties, even early two thousands, there were a lot of these sort of serial killer crime oh, yeah. caper kind of movies and now they don't really make those very much anymore i think because there's so many tv shows that do the same thing <laughs> it's kind of rare that you get a a serial killer type movie like this and i think people were kind of excited because it was something that we don't get to see very often it was all of these big name stars and i for one love denzel washington and I feel like in general he he picks his roles sparingly because he's so powerful right. and so well acclaimed. You know, he's not just in random crap left and right. So like when you see that he's in a movie and it's this crime drama, you think like, wow, this has to be something that is special. And so I was excited to watch it. It turned out to be kind of just bland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think going into it, I was really dragging my heels to watch this one. I don't think anyone's surprised at this point why, but it's just for one, like even just taking away the like total lack of women in this movie and the failure to pass the simplest of the Bechdel test. It's just like so derivative at this point. Almost all of the, all of the dead bodies were women. So how can you say there's no (laughs) women in the movie when there was dead Uh, bodies? The Bechdel test is two women talk to each other about something other than a man. So there was no discussion happening between well because they were dead but they were there they were speaking in silent ways were being murdered and that (laughs) is representation um well they weren't all hookers some of them were just joggers the one that really affected poor rami was was not a hooker and that yes was the little thing that got him Mm -hmm. oh she's not a hooker i have to care about her now yep but besides all that it's like this movie has been done before even if it hasn't been done recently and i think that was something that i was just like why are we revisiting like i don't know and maybe it is partly because there is so much true crime podcast there's so much crime television like there's so much content out there that it's really hard to break into this genre and make it feel interesting and new but this was just like one set in the 90s for no real reason and so then felt dated in that way also just leaned into a lot of the same tropes you see in some of the bigger movies in this genre like seven or um uh zodiac and so even some of the like the like moments in it felt kind of 
not special because they've you know been seen time and time again and it was like I don't know. It's directed by John Lee Hancock, who's most famous IMHO for The Blind Side. <laughs> and so it wasn't like something, I don't know. I, the whole time watching it, I was just like, wow, this is so boring. Even the interesting parts feel like unearned because it's just relying on things that have been done before. The the question or the word that I think came up to me m- over and over again in this movie was like, why? Like, yeah. why was this made? Why were these people in it? Like, what what was the thing that got this the go ahead? Because there is seemingly nothing that interesting or new about it. When you see, oh, it's a crime movie with Denzel Washington, you think it has to be saying something or doing something like there must have been something that appealed to him yeah. that appealed to these people to get them in this movie. And I can't for the life of me, figure out what that was. And like you said, with the everything was done before, the opening sequence of the movie is basically a sequence that they just ripped right out of Nocturnal Animals and then didn't do like half as well. So I don't know. But so let's start, I think, with the director, John Lee Hancock, who who directed this movie. And I think that some of the answers to the questions lie there. Why (laughs) is this movie set in... in the 1990s he originally wrote this script in 1993 and sold it to steven spielberg who was supposed to direct and you could see this movie doing much better if it had come out in 1993 versus now like i think it's still like not a great movie but it's like more fresh there's less comparisons and then it was supposed to be directed by Clint eastwood and warren Beatty, and then danny devito and then finally he just decided to direct it himself But so I think that's why it's set in the 90s and that's why it feels so old and kind of dated just because it is a script that is from forever ago Mm -hmm. and he must have some affinity to it because he he's the one who wrote it and has been trying to get it made for so long. So I guess that is why I think it's because cell phones ruin these sort of vibes, right? Like it, it makes it too easy. Well, yes, that is well. And that feels lazy to me. It's like yeah, crime is harder to get away with nowadays, but like figure it out, you know, like earn it. But this was just like, oh, well, there's no tracking. So (laughs) sorry. But then the weird part is, again, the director. Like if you think about Seven or Zodiac, you know, those are David Fincher movies who does like Gone Girl. Like that's his genre are these sort of thriller, crime, like serial killer type movies. If you look at John Lee Mil- uh, Hancock's uh, filmography, it's The Rookie, which is like a Disney Dennis Quaid one about a, a baseball player. Mm-hmm. There's The Alamo, which is like a remake of The Alamo. There's <laughs> The Blind Side, which Iconic. is, again, one of these sort of like family-friendly, like happy ending kind of movies about football. Saving Mr. Banks, which is the <laughs> Disney movie about Walt Disney and the woman who wrote Mary Poppins. The Founder, which is about the guy who invented Mc- or created McDonald's. It's like none of these movies ha- are serial killery or crimey at all. Mm-hmm. They're like these fun sort of family films that have all sort of... Uh, ran into some criticism for being too Disneyfied, too uh, 
like they didn't take to task hard enough their lead characters and sort of, you know, whitewashed over things and had some of like white savior complexes or didn't deal with anti-Semitism when it should, you know, they're just like, uh, he is the director who's not known for going and doing gritty things or getting sort of into the details. So it's strange that then he decides that he's going to take on this serial killer movie Mm -hmm. and it feels like one of the reasons why it's not that good of a serial killer movie is because the crimes themselves aren't that interesting or specific. They're sort of just like a serial killer. Like, was there anything that the serial serial killer did that made that set them apart from any other serial killer? No. Like I remember people who are bad from episodes of criminal minds much more (laughs) concretely than i will this person in this film yeah yeah like i will say i didn't feel like the direction itself was bad like i think visually this worked like it it functioned it wasn't like watching i don't know it wasn't painful in that sense but i don't think he had any passion for the idea of crime itself like because it was just sort of forgettable. Like I literally was struggling to figure out what this uh, serial killer's MO was. It's like, oh, he killed six hookers in one night by slashing their throats. And then he sometimes like, I don't, I'm not sometimes he expert. like bit them or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, there was no through line except that he, he like came back girls. to their house. It, like but one of once. them. Yeah. It's like, and then one was just thrown in the river, but then the other was like treasured. So I was like, guys, this isn't checking out as someone who has a, um, <laughs> you know, a civilian PhD in criminal minds because I've watched watched a lot of these and I've read a lot of these and I've listened to a lot of these podcasts. So yeah, I was like, I'm not buying this criminality and they didn't seem to care either. Like it was really hard to figure out the motivations or the purpose of this movie, except that I think John Lee Hancock wanted a Denzel Washington brooding moment. Like that's the only thing that I think he cared about. And then that brooding trickling down to Rami Malek's character. Like it really wasn't anything about the crime itself, which is fine, except there was so much slogging through the crime itself. So I just, I didn't feel like it came together in a really neat way. Well, cause so the basic plot of the movie is yeah, that, <laughs> is that Denzel Washington used to be a cop in Los Angeles. He's now no longer a cop in Los Angeles for reasons that we do not know uh, early on in the film. Mm -hmm. But he is sent down for some kind of like paperwork kind of thing to Los Angeles from the place where he's currently a cop and happens to see this evidence that he thinks looks similar to a case that he investigated when he was a cop in Los Angeles. So he then gets involved with Rami Malek, who's the investigator of this new case. And we slowly learn that Denzel Washington became so obsessed with the old case that he got a divorce and lost his job and had a heart attack. And so they had to move him away. So then him and Rami are basically investigating this string of murders, which are confusing and don't really have that much connection to each other. (laughs) And somehow they stumble upon Jared Leto's character, who is this creepy man who works at like the, like an appliance repair shop, Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. that, that had a tenuous connection to one of the victims. And so they think this has to be the guy who 
killed, who is the serial killer. And they start kind of following him around. He's very creepy. He's sort of obsessed with police and serial killers. And they think that he is the one who murdered these women. <laughs> Jared <laughs> Leto. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that's, that's like 90 percent of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jared Leto is is strange and doing all kinds of weird Jared Leto things. And then you get to the end and there's sort of like a couple twists, which I guess we can talk about in a bit. But yeah. that's the basic plot of the movie. Yeah, which again, it's like, it is a slow movie because Jared Leto doesn't even show up until I think an yeah. hour into the film. Mm-hmm. And so the whole setup isn't like who done it necessarily. It's more about these two detect, well, an ex-detective and the new detective trying to like figure out I don't know, honestly, because the other thing about this movie is it was peppered with so much weird, vague, conversational language that never felt natural. Like, there, one of my favorite scenes is he's at a Denzel Washington's character, Deke, is at a diner with one of his old colleagues, the coroner. And she's like, you know what? I have a theory. There's good guys and there's bad guys, but you just got to keep fighting. And I look in your eyes and I see bad. And it's like, what? Imagine sitting down to lunch with a friend and that's the conversation you kick off. Like, that's how you talk to each other. Like, it's just like, you're not really saying anything. You're kind of just like speaking in these like vague, semi-deep like platitudes. And nothing is being like, actually discuss they're just talking around this big shadowy thing that we're meant to care about because oh my gosh what is it and I frankly just never for a single moment (laughs) cared about why Deke was a depressed cop because again that is something we have seen so many times that I'm just like I I don't know I just don't I don't have the energy to care about this sad dude I will say this, which I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I love Denzel Washington. I think he's such a good actor. I saw him do this show on Broadway and I will forever be changed because it was like the most transcendent acting experience I've ever witnessed. And I think that in general, he does pick very strong projects. Like if you look at the things that he's been in recently, like usually it feels like there's a reason why he's there. There's something that he wants Mm -hmm. to show there's an element of acting that he hasn't done before you know it's like they're always interesting kind of roles that he picks because he can be in anything that he wants to and so when he chooses something you have to think there's a reason behind this so the whole movie i'm like okay i don't really get this but like it has to be leading somewhere it has there has to be something here that is why denzel washington picked this project And I never got that. I don't know if this was like a favor for someone or they offered him a lot of money or what happened, but I don't know why he was in this or he wanted to play a cop. Like, I have no idea. That didn't really do anything. And then I think because Denzel Washington is in the movie, Rami Malek is like, okay, well, if it's a movie Denzel's in, then like, I'll be in it. Because honestly, I thought that Rami Malek, for as weird as he is normally, was giving a pretty good performance in this and then and then they're like hey jared leto there's two academy award winners in this movie and you get to be a creepy serial killer obviously (laughs) he's like i'm all in (laughs) but so really the question for me is why is denzel washington in this movie? like how did he get convinced to do this because the rest of the pieces kind of make sense but that is the one that just does not the the dialogue's not good the 
mystery's not great. He is obviously a good actor and doing a good job in this, but there's not even any real scenes where you think, ah, that would be a scene where you as an actor would think, oh, I can do a lot with that, or oh, that'll be an interesting thing for me to do. Like, What about when he talks to the dead body and he mansplains her own (laughs) murder to her? He's like, oh, you had that feeling. You should have listened to it. You're dead because you're an idiot. I do think that is the best acting scene of the movie. Like when he was doing that, I was like, this is terrible dialogue. And yet he's still somehow making it a somewhat compelling. And he's just talking to a corpse. But, but yeah, I don't know. I don't or know how, when he, gives his I don't know how speech, he got in this. He's like, hey, let me tell you something. Something no one's ever said before. As a cop, it's the little things that'll yeah, catch. Yeah, it's, it's the little things that'll catch. It's like, we know. Yeah. Yes, I've also yeah. seen Dexter. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Yep, well aware. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they ultimately we've obviously talked about a lot worse, acted a lot worse, directed a lot worse, written movies. But there's something disappointing about a movie that thinks it's onto something that misses the mark this much that just feels kind of like irritating because this wasted a lot of talented people, as you pointed yes. out, and it just felt like. In the end, I was so bothered by the general messaging of this, which I think is another problem with taking a a genre such as, you know, the cop, detective, whatever murder mystery, and putting it in today's landscape where we did just have a summer of protests against cop where cops where a ton of attention has been brought to light about the abuse of power by these cops with God complexes who think that they can do this or plant this evidence or get this bad guy however by however means necessary that they're above the law in some ways. And then to sit here and watch a two hour movie where not only Denzel has some like shady things but he starts to sort of corrupt this other detective where they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing that is technically illegal that is all based on their own assumption of this creepy guy who has done has given no proof that he's involved at all which is why they have to go sort of skirt around the law and it's just like it left a dirty taste in my mouth where it's like these cops are being bad cops and I don't feel any sort of sympathy for them. I don't feel any attachment to them. I'm like, this is an abuse of power and I'm not enjoying like watching some sort of glamorization of like, Oh, these guys care so much. They can't let it go. They're like obsessed with the little thing. And it was just like, I was not here for it. Also, I mean, just to more nitpick of this movie, but like the opening sequence is this woman in a car Uh who is being followed down the uh, sort of abandoned highway by another car. And she's getting freaked out by this car. So she pulls over at this gas station, which is locked. And then she's kind of like chased by a man through the desert. And eventually she goes out into the highway and flags down this truck and is saved. Yeah. And it's sort of a like mildly interesting start to the movie. But then... We have no idea whether that was actually the killer or not because it's n- none right. of the other people did he kill by tra- tracking them down on the highway in the car. Like, he didn't kill her. And was so, that ever, like, brought up? Like, was that used as a... Like, I kept waiting for her to be... Well, she shows, oh, she up, up, at, she shows up at the at the precinct as, yeah. like, a potential witness. But again, it doesn't really connect with anything. Right. 
Like she sees Jared Leto and is kind of like, oh, I think that might be him. But we don't know. It's not for sure. Yeah. And then I guess this is maybe a good point to just talk about the spoilers at the (laughs) end. But like, so uh, eventually they're stalking Jared Leto. Jared Leto comes up to Rami Malek and is like, hey, I'll take you where I buried these women. And... Which again, pause is a confession and would warrant a <laughs> warrant an arrest something. Yes. No, let's just get in the car with the yes. murderer and go find the body. Sure. Well, and also we know we have at some point earlier in the film, it comes up that Jared Leto has confessed to crimes before that he hasn't yeah. committed. So Rami Malek gets in the car with Jared Leto. They drive out in the middle of the desert and Jared Leto's like, oh, the body's here. Dig it up. So Rami Malek starts digging and then Jared Leto's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's over here. So Rami Malek is like digging holes all over the desert like he's in frigging holes with Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) And then Jared Leto's like, you know what? Actually, I didn't kill her. And Shia LaBeouf gets... Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) And Rami Malek gets so mad that he hits jared leto with a shovel and kills him so now he's killed jared leto yes (laughs) even though we still don't know if jared leto killed these women and honestly probably that he didn't kill these women so then denzel washington shows up in the desert sees the dead body and we get a flashback to the fact that in the original serial killer hunt denzel washington was out in the woods i guess looking for the serial killer and somehow stumbled upon one of the victims and accidentally shot her because he got spooked and then his fellow cops and the coroner helped him cover up the Mm -mm. fact that he actually killed one of the victims instead of saving her and so denzel's like my friends helped me cover this up i'm gonna help rami cover up jared leto so they bury him in the desert and denzel washington burns all of Jared Leto's stuff and then to sort of placate Rami Malek like plant some evidence that makes Rami think that Jared Leto was actually the killer all along even though he probably wasn't and Denzel Washington knows that but disgusting So it's like I the cops are disgusted. bad and they're and they're covering up their these murders of innocent people that they're committing because yeah. they are desperate to try to catch a serial killer but the craziest thing is if you think about it for two seconds that ending doesn't even work because once the next woman is killed by the serial killer at large Rami Malek is gonna know that Jared Leto wasn't the one who did it yeah no it was it's so stupid especially because Denzel Washington's whole character is like oh I'm brooding I'm ruined I've been destroyed by this single choice this single moment in my life and so now when faced with an opportunity to conceivably rewrite history for someone else he instead insists on repeating history and having rami go down the same dark hole of guilt and whatever else drove denzel out of the job so it's sort of like there was no chance of like i don't know what they were aiming for with denzel's story mirroring rami's because there was no correction at the end there was no rewrite it was just the same story and so it's like oh okay so now rami malik's life is ruined instead of taking accountability for what he did or even i thought denzel was gonna take the fall and be like oh yeah my life's over anyway yeah that would have been a better ending yeah Uh (laughs) yeah like oh i i killed a girl so i'll i'll get in trouble for killing this man and thus the universe will be righted and everyone can go on their merry way like no i really don't know and that's what i was trying to figure out were we supposed to sympathize or care about Denzel Washington's character or then Rami Malek's character like were they the heroes or was was everyone bad like was that the message I, th- <laughs> I think that the message had to be that they were bad because 
they both killed innocent people and got away with it. Like they can't. But then, yeah, but at the same time, they're not really presented as bad people throughout the rest of the movie. So it's weird to then see them in that light. I also felt like the score in this movie was so strange and drawing. Like it was kind of a jaunty, like a 90s. um, I I don't even know how to describe it, but it felt like something that would have been in like Saving Mr. Banks or The Rookie. (laughs) Like that was the type of score it was. It was more. But then um, taped over these gruesome images. Like it wasn't a serial killer movie score. It was like American Beauty's score. It felt like almost like the Close Encounters Mm -hmm. of the Third Kind. Yes. Of like Mm -hmm. weird. (laughs) I don't even know what was happening, but the ending song, I was like, it's like uplifting music, but you just witness a man destroy evidence and like burn things. It was like, what am I watching right now in the year of our Lord 2021? Like a cab, you know, like that was the general (laughs) message of the film that I walked away with is that it's disgusting that these guys got enough of a God complex and decided that they cared so much that they're allowed to get away with this one thing because in the end, they're still good guys. Like, no, thank you. But they're not good guys because they both killed people. And Denzel didn't even kill someone who was creepy. He just shot the girl who like was coming out of the bush. And it was confusing why he did that because it wasn't like we had gotten that Denzel was jumpy. I think that it was wasn't because, a narrative. Like through a series of flashbacks, this all happens very slowly, but you realize like their bodies were still warm. So the implication is that the murderer was still very close by. And so that is why they were like, Oh, let's go find him. Like we can catch him right now. And then instead he shoots a woman like point blank in the chest. And then the idea that the the coroner covers it up. I was so mad. I was like, "It's like, why everyone, would she do that?" Fired. Get out of here. Maybe I don't it was like a guys. romance or something. But he was married at the time. Ta- yeah. Oh, I will say this: this movie had very, two very specific kind of weird casting cameos that I got excited about. So the girl at the beginning, the one who gets chased by the gas station, do you know who she is? Mm-mm. She plays Eloise in the Eloise and Christmas Time movies. What? Or like <laughs> Eloise of the Plaza? Have you seen those? No. You don't you don't know the Eloise movies? Oh, like oh, like the children's books? Yes. And there's a yeah. movie about it? There's two movies. Oh. I've seen like the animated And movie. Julie and <laughs> Julie Andrews is in them. Oh no, I have seen those movies. And like a lot there's a, Christine Baranski. There's like a lot they're very good. They're very funny. Okay. Anyways, that's who that is. And then also Denzel Washington's wife who makes an appearance in one scene. Mm. I was like this woman looks familiar and she is in the Santa Claus, the original, and she's like works with um, oh, Tim Allen, she's and she's so the one who, who's like a B Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, like, <laughs> it was a big B. <laughs> wow, that was a better role than this. I've got to be honest. I, I, an iconic role, really, yeah. and this was not. <laughs> yeah, this is no. a movie that that by this summer no one will remember. Oh, like, yeah. like, like, like. This is something where you can be talking about and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that movie that Rami Malek, Jared Leto and Denzel Washington were in. And everyone's going to be like, I've never like <laughs> yeah. that. That's not a movie that existed. Yeah. It's like I think, you know, you step back, you think about what he wanted to accomplish. And it's some sort of like character study. It's it's more about yeah. the 
the effect of policing on these men and their sad lives and how they can't handle it than it is about the procedural of like, let's catch this serial killer. But it like struggles to make these men anyone I want to spend time with. Like they're just like, ugh. it's like, get over it. Like just do your job and stop obsessing over these weird things to the point where you'll allow yourself to murder a civilian you're meant to protect. Like, no, thank you. And I think the worst was like this idea (laughs) that Rami Malek at first just seemed like a detective who was like, yeah, let's do this. I'm taking it seriously. I love my job. But then He's like, oh, wait, this girl's missing. I have to find her. Like, she has a red barrette. I'm obsessed with finding her. She could still be alive. It's like, I'm sorry that you didn't care when these women were hookers. But now that the little neighbor girl is taken away and she reminds you of your kids, like, please, I'm not here for it. I'm just annoyed by everyone in this movie. Mm. Yeah, uh, it was it was very it was a it was a slow slog to watch. Can we also talk about Jared Leto's choices? I mean, he's always <laughs> weird and he's like gross and has nasty hair and whatever. But for some reason, I he decided that he should put on weight for this movie. Like, I don't know if he gained weight or if they just sort of gave him like a pawn because he sort of looked like Roland in the early seasons of Shit's Creek. Yeah. Like that was kind of his stomach. And then also he had this insane limp thing going on <laughs> like whatever his walk was was so deranged <laughs> jared leto bless his heart well actually no i don't like him and i find his method irritating but here it was like yeah i was like did they just like let him do <laughs> whatever they want he wanted because Again, I just, I didn't know what to feel about him. I mean, there really, there wasn't that much in the script that was yeah. a specific about him. So yeah. I'm sure that he could have come up with whatever he wanted. <laughs> the thing is, though, like, this type of character, the kind of serial killer who's, like, taunting the police, you mm-hmm. get at least once a season in every crime show. Oh, yeah. Like, the rookie has one. Yeah. yeah, like that guy who, like... Was, like I can I can picture the guy from serial or from like criminal minds like so clearly who like takes Hotchner's mm-hmm. wife or whatever. Like it just Psych. happens yeah. all the time yeah. that you that you know this character and Jared Leto really is not doing anything different or exciting about it. Like it's it's almost worse than in other versions I've seen before. Yeah, there's this scene where he's like they've pulled him in for questioning, show him the pictures for some reason, and he's like getting aroused i guess but it's not like clear that that's what's happening and then denzel washington comes in and he's like what does he say he's like why is that like he just starts (laughs) asking like why is that and he gets up in his face and he's like why is that and then suddenly he just like loses it and tries to attack him and he's like you're getting you're getting a boner (laughs) and i was like what what is happening like when did this happen like i don't know i was so I was paying attention, but I was still so lost. Oh, same, same. I was also paying attention and was very confused <laughs> as the uh, at the plot the whole time. Especially the the main scene, crime scene. Yeah. It's like this girl who was killed, and then he put a bag over her head, and then he was biting her, and then he came back and moved the body, and then he was eating, and then maybe he was feeding her things afterwards, <laughs> and then he shaved her legs. And, and then the landlady stole so many. The milk. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So many different things happening, and you're like, wait, and what is the serial killer's mo? I have no idea. Person living there, like- no, because she just lived there because that's why he thought it was like the 
refrigerator repairman or whatever who would do i don't well hookers can have fridges too matt i guess that's true (laughs) but but it was it was not the case where like she was hired as a hooker and then was killed by somebody which i feel like is the usual hooker plot line that's fair yeah this will if she was a hooker she was a hooker killed at home yeah no it was all very very weird and it was also like like why did they become obsessed with jared leto's character just because he looked creepy and behaved well well there's that there is the one scene where Jared Leto, where they're like following him oh, and yeah. he drives to the, <laughs> the highway yeah. and then, yeah. And then he somehow like keeps flipping around on the highway and they can't Amazing. figure out how. Yeah, And then, and then he's by this mi- a mile marker and they're like, Oh, that's the yeah. mile marker that somebody died by, but yeah. we didn't release that to the press. <gasps> but it turns out later in the, in the movie we figure out he has a police radio yeah. so he just knows everything the police have so that's how we knew what the mile marker was but <laughs> it was yeah. honestly like everything about this movie felt like it could have been in a parody like there's a scene yes. where jared leto's at the bar and he's like get me a shirley temple to go and i was like what <laughs> I was like, why is Shirley Temple like, why is this happening? And that's the same one that Denzel Washington is like up on the roof, like climbing down a drain pipe. There's like this whole dialogue around like some sort of phrase. And maybe this is a 90s thing or a cop thing where they're like, oh, the black bean of it all or something. Like, do you remember that? I was like, what? I was like, what are they even talking about at this point? I was just so confused. And then it like, at the very end, you're supposed to cut back to this emotional scene where Rami was supposed to bury the body. But when Denzel comes back, like hours later, like, no, he hadn't. He just managed to dig like 27 four foot holes. I was like, how strong is this guy? And how it's long Stanley is he that? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get Madame Zeroni up the mountain. Yeah, it, was, it was insane. I just, there was so many weird choices. That I was just like, what is even happening? There's a scene in the beginning where Denzel Washington's talking to his dog that he doesn't really like keep. But I was like, none yeah. of these connect again. Like, there's no payoff. It's just weird one-off scenes. Yeah, none of the scenes connect at all. They're yeah. so <laughs> random. And yeah. honestly, that driving scene was the funniest. Yeah. They're on different sides of the freeway. And so he's like, oh, I've got to go catch him. And so he zooms off to make the <laughs> loop. And then at the other time, we're like, no, he's not going to be on the other side of the freeway. He's not. They're not going to do that. But then he is. It's like, he's how did he get over there? Side. It was amazing. I really just, I have questions. Like, I just don't know what they were and, thinking. And then what was that whole scene where they just like, follow him to the strip club and then he's like in the strip club and then he comes out of it's like what is he he takes the bus there yeah (laughs) but it was like a 10 minute long sequence that had no payoff well that's the thing too it's like him limping on a onto the bus (laughs) him limping to the strip club and limping back to the bus it's like man what a what a drudgery of a job like that's you know something that we don't think about is how much you just sit there and you just stare at things and hope something interesting happens but instead but do police actually do that because i've had this thought multiple times so in movies (laughs) there's always a police staking someone out and they're just sitting in a car like outside their house or whatnot yeah and like okay granted maybe in new york city maybe here i you know someone could follow me around or sit outside my house for like a day and i wouldn't know just because there's so many people and so much stuff going on but if i if it was in my hometown like if it wasn't (laughs) if it was the neighborhood that i lived in 
I would notice if there was a car parked outside of my house <laughs> with two people sitting in it for like a well, day. They, they all he always did, you know. They they were the well worst exactly, cops. but it's like so do cops actually do that because it feels like that was not uh, like effective. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're all going to see you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a thing they did in the nineties. You know, they've they've mm. learned since then. Um. Okay. Now, later or never. I think this is a never. Yeah, a you never, never need a, to watch this. This is not never. good. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Bad. <laughs> I was hoping for something better, but it's sadly no. Sorry, Denzel. Yeah. Um. Okay. Lightning round questions. Okay. Um. What in this movie? <laughs> they make the assumption that the murderer is from the east because he folds his pizza. So what? <laughs> I forgot about that part. They're like, ah, folds of pizza must be from these, and it's the crappiest looking, like grossest, tiniest piece of pizza. And I'm like, you only the only like the only pizza that you fold is a New York slice because it's so big. Like if you go to Do- if if you live in New York and you go to Domino's, you don't you're not like you're folding the Domino's <laughs> pizza slipper. just to fold it yeah. like it. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But anyways, what like telltale food item would give away your hometown? Like what in your garbage would reveal your <laughs> Michigan roots? He, had, he just had cheese curds in his glove box. <laughs> Must be from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had fried mac and cheese bites. Yeah. Must be poor. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 do you have like a cafe rio bowl or oh, something yeah. cafe rio would definitely give me away i think i realized when i worked with you that no one knows about cinnamon bears outside oh, of yeah. utah so mm-hmm. but i don't really eat those anymore but if i had them it would be a dead giveaway it'd be over for me i'd be like caught like that i'd say at least once a year i order myself a bag of cinnamon bears oh i get gosh. sort of a hankering and order them because they're just so good and so that's all proud. because of you well now however i think you're from utah they're gonna think i you're know i have to i have to really <laughs> but I, well but i have an accent so i think oh, that yeah. they know that you well, know if they're looking Thank through your garbage oh yes then they are just looking for clues and was it say, you or was it after you left work where somebody got the chocolate covered cinnamon bears oh I don't is that remember. i i definitely knew about them but i don't know if i ordered them for you guys because they were disgusting yeah. and i was like this is revolting i don't know yeah. who is buying these but they need oh, mental help yeah <laughs> yeah those are sad <clears throat> anyways next question okay what is the correct way to handle the someone in the car behind you is like oh, man. driving weirdly like, because I feel like that there is a method that you should use in that situation that is not get out an abandoned gas station and run into the wilderness. But okay. like, if you're in the car, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. I guess like, we you just stay in the car, too. right? I know, but that's another scary thing. If you're in the middle of nowhere on a road and this guy keeps harassing you. I, as a woman, would not trust that he's not going to crash into my car and murder me. I'd want to find help. And so I can see the lure of a shining gas gas station light and thinking, this is my chance. But did she get out of it too hastily? Like, maybe. But what else? So you would have just kept driving and hoped that defensively you could have outwitted him? Well, like, I guess I'm I'm sort of confused as to... The, like, drive you off the road kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, 
how does that like they're just gonna ram into right. wouldn't they also get dropped off the, you know like right. i feel like you have better odds you have to play chicken with them a little bit like are they gonna get you into a, are they gonna completely total your car or are they just gonna kind of like drive behind you or ahead of you i feel like the, the the key is like either speed up and get away from them or like slow down mm. Because if you're driving like 20 miles an hour, like they can't get into the car, but also she you're going both. so slow. Right. She slowed down but and then he she, just waited for her. But then and I then think you just got to you just got to keep doing it, <laughs> right. you know? You right. just got to keep going. Then you run out of gas and then he got to Because it. also like where cuz here's another question, where were they? Because <laughs> I thought most of the murders took place in Los Angeles. So how you're far right. outside of Los Angeles do you have to go where you're in the, the desert? You're yeah. Right. Like, what was that about? How and then why her? would she think that he would be the serial killer when <laughs> That's a good question. the serial killer wasn't running other people off the road in the desert? Well, the serial killer's uh, profile, he definitely owns a car. That's one thing they know for well, sure. Well, yes. <laughs> Yes. Mm, tricky. Yeah. In LA, hard to find someone yeah. who owns a car. <laughs> yeah. So if your um, daughter sadly went missing during a, during a slew of serial killer murders, what detective from any other movie or TV show would you want on the case? Okay. I think that this sort of ties into my answer to the next question oh. because I was thinking about this where I was going to ask what... Um, like, if you had to cast the three main roles of this movie with women, who would you cast oh, them as? Okay. And so I think that the main role I want, give me Tony Collette from, <laughs> um, uh, what was that show called? Um, un, un, not Unbreakable, um, Untouchable, un, Untouchable sounds un, right. Unwritten, un, Tony. I don't think it, Unbroken, <laughs> un. Yes, the Tony Collette, Merritt Weaver, Caitlin Deaver. What was it called? Obviously. Unbelievable. Uh, that's yes. yes. That's that's the cop I want on the case. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a really good answer. Um, I I went a different route, and I thought um, Brooklyn Nine Nine could be an interesting flex for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, what's his name? Oh, Deke. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. He's not a cop anymore, but I think um, Rami Malek could have been a Jake Peralta type. And, and you know, that enthusiasm, that, that bright-eyed Andy Samberg energy could maybe bring a new light to the uh, night-long <laughs> serial killer hunt. That's the other thing I was confused about. Is he killed six hookers in one night? Was that what they said? I don't, I don't know, Shelby. Or did they I, say I he'd know. killed six hookers and is thus now a serial killer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was confused. About, and then he was uh, giving, at some point, Rami Malek is giving a press conference about this serial killer that they know nothing about. And I'm just like, when do you become a serial killer? And like, how do you do, get to find? Because I thought I it was, think that, had to I have think... a very obvious MO. Yeah, I mean, I think that in order to be a serial killer, well, I, I guess serial killer is just that you kill, like you're a murderer of more than one person and not like a, uh, it's like premeditated, right. you know, like right. it, like if you if you get mad at like a bunch of people at your poker game and kill them right. all at once, I don't think that counts as a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But murderer. yeah. <laughs> we know so, so much. We should write a script about sad cops being bad. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Okay, so wait, cast cast the three roles with women. Oh, okay. I guess I would want to see Emily Blunt as the downtrodden Deke. 
She's young, but okay. she's seen some stuff. But she's shot somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I want, as the bright-eyed detective, let's go for um, or Emma Stone. So Emma Stone, Emily <laughs> Blunt. Okay. And then the murderer, the would-be murderer, we'll have um, Emma Roberts. And we'll just keep it in the family that way. <laughs> I feel like Emma Roberts could turn creepy. Oh, oh, definitely. She's she kind of creepy in sometimes, like in Scream Queens and stuff. I think, yeah, she definitely has that yeah. mode. Yeah. Um. I, so I want Tony Collette in the Denzel yeah. role. I I'm give me Tessa Thompson in the oh, yeah. Rami Malek role, and then as the serial killer Jared Leto, I want Anya Taylor Joy from oh, Queens well. Gambit. Don't you think that's, that she would yeah. be good as a serial killer? Yeah, that's fair. She has very wide, very um, big eyes that I think could mm-hmm. be played for a lot of, you know, shadowed. She's like at the bar. She's like, give me a Shirley Temple. And her eyes just bulge. <laughs> oh, creepy. What a drink. Um, okay. My last question was in this movie and often in other movies, I feel like Denzel Washington chews a lot of gum. Yes. I noticed that too. I was like, I was like, is this a character choice or does he just like gum and have it in scenes? I don't know. But what would be your food item as a as a brooding cop? I think it would be a Slurpee. Oh, that would be so cute. That'd be really nice and some good product placement for the movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I've thought about this before with like if I was ever an actor trying to <laughs> like that, that would be a character choice that I would definitely at right. some point be like, I think that this person just <laughs> like, needs to drink a lot of Slurpees. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just get those. Yeah. Similarly, I would want to be someone who like always needs a fresh thing of fries, but from a different restaurant each time. So it'd just be like, I'd send one of my little minions to go and get me like, Oh, get me those, those Wendy's fries or bring but here's the thing about fries. Is that they're really only fresh if you get them? No, I think you can still if be someone, satisfied by French uh, fries. They're not that like, like if someone runs and get the McDonald's French fries are best for like the first four minutes you have them. <laughs> by the time someone else gets them and bring them back, they're not as good. What about Five Guys fries? Those last a while. Yeah, but that's like a different vibe, you know. <laughs> like I think fast food fries are different. If if the fry is supposed to be crispy at all, if that's the aspect of the fry, you have to eat it immediately. Okay, well then it'll be their job to really get it to me fast, or I'll throw them in their face, and that'll be my whole vibe. It's like you're gonna tough, be a terrible boss. The tough I never want to work for you. <laughs> Would you rather oh work gosh. for me or for Deke? <laughs> <laughs> Well, is Deke going to accidentally shoot me yeah. or make me uh, cover up the fact that he shot someone? <laughs> yeah, I- I'm putting down multiple yeah. stab wounds as the cause of death. She has one bullet hole in the middle of her chest. No one's going to find out. It's a closed casket. Okay. The family doesn't need to know. But why would it be a closed casket? Because Knife she wound. looked fine. No, she told them, oh, there's lacerations to the face. She was killed stabbed 27 times yes you don't want to see this trust me Mm. Uh. um my last question i feel like we've had all of our questions are basically the same but uh so as with the red barrette like if Mm. there was one identifying clothes clothing (laughs) item that that your family be like she always wears this what would it be oh no i don't i don't like have any i guess it would be um 
Or like maybe not even like oh like you always wear a locket or something, but like she always wears like blue jeans and an oversized <laughs> sweater or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think right now my I would always have a scrunchie, like a stretched out scrunchie that doesn't work anymore. That's my mo. I need new scrunchies, but I refuse to pay for new scrunchies. That's where I'm at in my life. Have you got your hair cut, or is it still super long? It's still super long, and it's these scrunchies are not doing anything for me. And I need to just, I need to make a change. So, <laughs> are you going to get like a short haircut, or do you l- want to keep the long hair? I think I'll keep the long hair if only because I refuse to get a mommy haircut within the first year of having a okay. child. Okay. <laughs> okay. That that makes sense. Yeah, but um, what what defining object is uh? Well, my friends in New York all make fun of me because I always have a backpack. Like mm-hmm. I'm always, yeah, I'm like, oh, let me just put um, eighty five things in here and then you know, not go home for 12 hours because I'm just going to, you know, go from one thing to another thing and sit in a coffee shop and bring a book and whatever. So I feel like it would be that I have a backpack on. um, But that's not that exciting, but whatever. That's fair, I think. You know, that's a a bigger tell than a scrunchie missing. So (laughs) I think you'll be able to find you. Okay, well, that's great. This was a... The episode of the podcast was much more fun than the watching that movie. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, next week, though, exciting. We get Golden Globe nominations coming out, which means we get to talk about movies and TV and just all kinds of shenanigans. I also feel like this is the first time that we have really checked in regarding award season in a while. Like, yeah. Like, there's movies going around, but I feel like... We've seen some of them. We haven't seen a lot of them. And it's been sort of hard to figure out, like, what actually even is an award season movie this year. The prom, I hear, could be nominated. (laughs) Yes. But, like, will this get nominated? Like, I don't think so. But if if it did, I wouldn't be shocked. So it'll be nice to have the Golden Globes just to kind of be like, okay, this is what we need to like be watching here before the Oscars, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. get sort of our, yeah. our to watch list figured yeah. out a little bit. Our faux industry speak will, will be uh, fine tuned. We'll be yes. able to know. Will Bridgerton get nominated <laughs> yeah. for some golden gloves? That's the real I question. So. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, until then you can follow us on social media. PS you're wrong. You can leave us a review at Apple podcast and you can also send us an email at PS you're wrong at gmail.com. Uh, see you on next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>